Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we giggle at all things irreverent as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 43rd episode in the series, Forgive Me, Father. I love this one. Uh, I think it's it's got a, well, one, it's, it's unique that it has, um, it just has a single story. There's actually no B story. Like everyone is all in on getting Dorothy to, uh, you know, hook up with this uh, as she discovers priest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a big task. So all yeah. hands on deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting with the one storyline and it's, um, you know, there's a lot of really funny moments and then also just has a really great uh, scenario that you don't see in many I, I think many sitcoms because it's sort of like a, a will they or won't they type of thing, but there's this other funny thing getting in the way. Uh, and it's more about, it becomes more about the misinterpretation of their relationship, um, which I think is really, it's something that a lot of people can relate to, especially, you know, folks who may have, you know, longstanding crushes or just like, it, it kind of almost like answers that question when people are afraid to sort of make a move because of these sort of funny misinterpretations. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge certainly, you know, gets this, obviously. Yes. Um, <laughs> we do like other shows. We love Fleabag. Um, and it's kind of impossible not to see the uh, similarities there. But yeah, Absolutely. I think to your point, this episode is is so good. It's so funny. And it takes something that could be really cringy. And yeah. it's really not. You know, like there is there is some awkwardness for sure, but... Um, I think in a different context, this would, this has potential to not be an enjoyable episode, but it it totally is here. Yeah. And you're right about, um, I mean, like, let's like compare it to, you know, Fleabag's priest, (laughs) priest storyline. Fleabag obviously is a very different show, very different type of comedy, but that is like, there's so many cringe moments in there. Right. But it's still the, the general through line. And of course this episode becomes, you know, uh sort of the priest angle and the beginning you know you have no idea you're just you have this great line from <laughs> like Dorothy and Blanche talking aloud about why he hasn't asked her out and Rose like maybe he just doesn't like her <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the silence stare that comes from B. Arthur in response to that is um you know we talk about that all the time her her ability to um essentially deliver a line without saying anything and and that's such a great example of that oh and she looks over her shoulder too (laughs) and honestly i you know when i was watching this episode it's like her comeback to to rose is i mean it's such a it's such a problematic comeback because it's very fat phobic and you know we we've talked about that before we'll talk about that again of the show's issue of just sort of fatness and all that kind of stuff um but her just saying incidentally you look fat it's just in this like (laughs) super dry cutting remark of just like I'm just gonna cut straight to the chase of like something that's really gonna burn you and and talk about looks you know B. Arthur's look before that line but then also Rose's look Betty White's (laughs) look her face is so just it just sinks it's just magnificent um you know innocent Rose not understanding that she's being highly insulting but um, but it is really funny with the whole maybe he just doesn't like her. I was like, well, we were all thinking it. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, there's so many th- in that opening scene. So, um, you know, like Rose is talking about her yodeling case and like obscenities <laughs> that would make Joan Rivers Joan blush. Rivers blush. <laughs> yeah. um, but also, you know, there's a cutting uh, remark at Dorothy when um, 
I don't remember if it's Rose or Blanche, but somebody's like, who hasn't asked you out? And Sophia's response is, you got a phone book? You got book? a phone book? <laughs> like, so Dorothy's <laughs> understandably a little pissed off. And I also want to point out that there's all this hubbub because he hasn't asked her out in two weeks. But let's not forget that Jean was head over heels in love with Rose, couldn't stay with her friend anymore after three days. So like, Straight up. <laughs> what is the interpretation of time? I don't understand. <laughs> It's different for the Lebanese. So, I know, you know, I know. I, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. No, but it's, a, you know, it's another example of, like, you know, Sophia just being a real bitch and not <laughs> letting Dorothy get off the hook. She has the phone book comment, like you said, but then she sort of, <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, don't, don't use that body, uh, you know. Oh, or like, yeah, Jane Fonda's like, body. She, yeah, as she walks out the door, and then Sophia makes this gesture, like, what are you going to do with her? And you're like, bitch, you're being so rude. <laughs> take it easy <laughs> yeah your daughter is excited she has a crush and the guy is a teacher i mean talk about like perfect on paper type mm-hmm. of situation right so um the other thing i do want to say about you know sophia being uh her snarky self is <laughs> she's packing up her bingo kit <laughs> yeah she t- did you notice there's a pepto bismol bottle like, no hey. like a liter of a pepto bismol <laughs> checks out yeah it's like it's not labeled but like what the fuck else is this bright pink solution it's really funny because you're just like well you know you're gonna get indigestion playing bingo clearly um but it's great and also uh her her well-chosen gesture conversation with um with rose you know about about the guy who who gives her the finger (laughs) as she's listening to her yodeling tapes um i was wondering about that because is it yeah was it crazy that they could do the like fuck you gesture on network tv i guess oh my god seriously i was i was gonna say the exact same thing because it's like they couldn't have possibly have gotten the actual words that those gestures are attached to (laughs) past the censors but i do love this like 1980s like ah it's italian whatever you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i don't actually think because you know i mean those are i think some of them are kind of worse than the finger so it's it's kind of interesting um you know you couldn't do the middle finger from like the American perspective, you could definitely do like, you know, thumb your teeth and underneath and, you know, shove your, shove your arm up. I actually, <laughs> I'm remiss uh, in actually looking up exactly what they mean, but I know they're not nice. <laughs> yeah. I just assume they're all just like, you know, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's hilarious. So, um, so anyway, the, <laughs> I, I love the scene. Well, actually just one more comment on that earlier kitchen scene of when, uh, you know, classically, Blanche is showing Dorothy how to flirt again, right? We have many moments of this, like her blowing in her ear and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Oh my god. She's like, Blanche is hilariously wearing like a very baggy outfit and just like rubbing herself up on B. Arthur and they, <laughs> you know, there's a great camera shot of, like you said, her facial expression. She's just tense. Tense as hell just standing there and then immediately like, what are you serving for bl- dessert, Blanche? Penicillin? <laughs> Another penicillin joke. Exactly, exactly. It's um, really it's really in here. I wanted to also talk briefly. Do you think that I kept going back and forth about this. I can't decide if I think that Dorothy really wouldn't ask a man out because I do think, you know, obviously we've we've talked a lot about how she's the Iron Maiden, she's like the, yes. the loudest feminist presence. But I also think that asking a man out from a like a heterosexual woman is kind of new-ish in that it's not like when it's not like Sadie Hawkins Jay you know like I I I do think like my initial reaction was like no that would never happen she would never hesitate but then I was like you know I I think it's kind of a, a relatively new concept that's embedded into feminism and so yeah. um I decided that it makes sense I think 
I think it makes sense. And I obviously, you know, I'm, I'm uh, in my dating life 25 years after <laughs> Dorothy is in her 60s and her dating life here. But um, yeah, obviously, I have asked guys out a million times. And it's also like hilariously of, uh, well, a million it's part times. of my personality. You're Rose a million with 56 times, boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in what year? Um, no, it was probably like six. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I think I think that is relatively new. I also think that it's interesting that you you know because of just the way society is and was and just like the embeddedness of the patriarchy of just in everyday lives, you don't even realize it too. Like where you have those norms that just happen, even if like for myself, I consider myself like a hyper feminist <laughs> and I'm just always trying to break those. You sort of fall into those patterns, right? Like or the, and the guy is falling into those patterns as well. Like it's kind of the same thing of like I if i had imagined uh you know when i was dating my husband of us like getting married i would have imagined like a proposal situation much more of like a hey you wanna okay sounds good to me too like like more <laughs> casual type of thing although i love surprises um but it was a very formal like he was like he surprised me one day and asked me you know and it was like one of those things it was like it was so traditional i had to laugh like mm -hmm. at myself you know um so but back to dorothy i think that she has it in her to do that. And we'll see. I really do want to comment on that, like, sort of asking out scene because it's kind of fascinating <laughs> from a dating perspective, too. But um, we also know that she's pretty shy mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Like, she's the Iron Maiden, but, like, in that situation, she's gun shy in general, but also in her dating life uh, because of her past, right? I mean, you know, because she didn't really have, she had a few of those like sort of high school little flings before Stan and then she was married forever. And then, you know, she had a bitter divorce and she's really kind of coming back into it. So it's, she's understandably super nervous and like wanting the affection of a man to prompt him to do something about it. And I, I can totally relate to that too. Cause you're like, oh, well I'm super forward. So I have no problem asking, but I want to be right so the pressure's on him to be the right one right. <laughs> to actually ask me out, right? I mean, that's the whole idea. That's why it's really tough to to make that call, especially when you're unsure of how the other party feels about you. Right. Yeah. Take a chance. Be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I giggled at, at that one so much. Be a woman. It's a lot to ask, Blanche, but I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. And then the, the like cat snarl, like claw. Oh, God. Ugh, Perfect. That's amazing. I, I am glad she changed out of that outfit, though. It did look pro uh, appropriate for the gay funeral in New Orleans. <laughs> Um. All right. So, yo, teach. Well, let's talk about the <laughs> the actual scene of like in the gym, which is extra funny, right? We get this extra set we haven't seen before of a really poor like sign hanging situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Frank's not like a man's man in like this handy way of like putting two tacks up and a sign up on on top of a doorway, um, <laughs> but. Uh, but I love that. First of all, I love that they take a little coffee break with a little styrofoam cups. And then I also love that they sit on those like blue gymnastics mats that are in every mm. elementary school. <laughs> it just like took me right back to that kind of a gym. Um, a relic. But I, you know, so they're having this conversation and like, you know, she's, she's great. You know, Dorothy starts off like talking about, like, Oh, you, you know, you let your, uh, your kids call you by your first name. Oh, that's great. It levels it. You know, that that's actually just an interesting piece in and of itself to this era, right? This like non-formality of like, 
I'm the cool teacher. <laughs> I, I let them call me. <laughs> I know. It's like, what is this? A Catholic Montessori high school? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but so, you know, he talks about his students and then he's like, oh yeah, you know, they've been to their homes for dinner and Dorothy, she goes, really? You've been to their homes for dinner? And it's so funny, right? Because they're talking about, you know, Blanche has been hammering on her to just invite him to dinner. And it's like, I know that feeling so well. You're flirting with somebody, you're trying to get this opening, and then they just deliver it to you on a fucking platter, right? Like, it's just the perfect opening. You just see, like, it's just this window of her not having to be awkward and bring it up out of the blue. We're just like, blah, 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 talking about dinner. You've been to their homes for dinner? How would you like to come home? Oh, okay. <laughs> It's just very cute. I thought it worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It is definitely, um, and, and it's definitely kind of an awkward scene or the, you know, the conversation is a little bit tense, but, oh, but it, it's yeah. very realistic. Um, and yeah, Frank is also great. He's so, he has such great chemistry for a soul with, with B. Arthur. Um, yes, yes. but also he's very unintimidating and, and inviting. And I feel like you could see why, um, you know, she would, she would like him. Exactly. Um, exactly. I also want to quickly just talk about what she's wearing in this scene, because it's like, it's like <laughs> a clown jacket with a relaxed turtleneck <laughs> is how I described it in my notes. And I was like, what the fuck? And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of great costumes in this one too, because like you said, the gay oh, funeral yeah. in New Orleans, mother of a solid gold dancer. Like, oh yeah. The best it, there's so many, the narrow <laughs> jacket line, like it's all, you know, there's a lot exactly. of, uh, about the fashion here, but, um, this outfit in particular, I was like, man like you know like because you know that she chose that outfit for this conversation and I was like oh my exactly. god exactly <laughs> exactly it's perfect right because that's all those touches and like you said it's awkward but that's why I think it's cute because I think it's so perfect for this type of situation that's why I think like that opening that Dorothy gets is even better she's planned everything right she's planned to like ask him for a coffee break you know she goes up to him and then she backs away it's like it's really cute and you're right I think the you know, the actor is really good with B. Arthur here. And for the character, you know, again, like I said, he's a teacher and you said he's so approachable. I think it works really well. Although I will say, you know, Andrew Scott from Fleabag is way sexy. Oh my but, God. You know, yeah. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> Disrespectful. <laughs> yes, respect. Frank walked till Andrew Scott could run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, one more back to the fashion, you know, uh, obviously mother of a solid gold dancer is probably my favorite line of this entire episode, which is really <laughs> difficult to do because it's actually really funny, but I want to give a shout out in the middle of the episode to Claire at the, uh, golden girls fashion corner. If you haven't seen that website, it's pretty epic. And anything you ever want to know about the fashion of the episodes is on there. So go visit. Yes. Very true. She didn't pay me. No. <laughs> um, Okay, so let's talk about the scene where they're in the house because that is, it is so funny from beginning to end. And there's a lot of like, <laughs> I think that Rue McClanahan really, really shines in these types of yes. scenes because it, yes. it calls back, you know, Dr. Jonathan Newman and she's like, sweet oh Jesus, God, now lying to a priest. And like, you know, like, I, you can't forgive us Baptist. There's so many little lines when she sort of pieces together that he's yes. a priest. Um, but even before that, when she's trying to coordinate where they're sitting and she's like, oh, you know, somebody might want to play a little footsie. And then Rose, you know, like sweet. And Rose is like, oh, okay. Like they Blanche is like propositioning her for some footsie. Like Frank and Frank and Dorothy might want to play footsie. Oh, oh, <laughs> she's perfect. But you're right. Oh my God. I also had in my notes that this is like, Everything when Blanche greets Frank is just like her babbling over Dr. Jonathan Newman, but I think it's even 
funnier. It's just a class act in everything in comedy. It's the looks. It's the way she sort of brushes her hair out of her eyes in this embarrassment way. <laughs> and just the the writing of this is like, well, one, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a little bit more above board in terms of like not actually making fun right. of somebody's disability. And it's like, uh, all, all bets are off when you, you thought you had a real date and it's a priest at your door. <laughs> but um, my God, it's so good. Everything about it is like, I, you know... <laughs> I just that that scene alone I it's always the one that makes me like crack up and sometimes I have to pause for a minute because it's really it's really epic it's great and he you know he does such a good job of just again being as awkward as you would be in that situation and I love when he goes she didn't know you know when he sits down and and you know it's just like the comedy hits keep on rolling it's like what do you think you're just a boring dresser. <laughs> yeah, I love that really because good. I also like that he puts it together. Like that, and yes. he would, you know, like if you, in in real life, I think you would be like, oh, fuck. Like I, clearly. You know, like, yeah. And I also want to call out how great Betty White is in this scene because Blanche is very Blanche <laughs> and Rose is also very Rose. And like it starts from before he even gets there when she's talking about like the ch- the tushy of love. And she's like, for some reason, I I'm find like, that provocative. <laughs> totally fits right like it makes sense and then when she's talking to him and she's sort of like spiraling a little bit and then she's like oh he's a priest isn't he and then their response is i'm so sorry helltown was canceled it's like so (laughs) genuine and so just naive but sweet and also like you know i i think it it serves to add on to the uncomfortable environment that's created by Blanche's realization but it actually sort of pulls it back a little bit so Dorothy comes in and you know like it's very clear that everyone knows <laughs> you're right you're right it's actually the the Rose reaction softens it but also is a bridge to Dorothy walking in and it's like it's <laughs> it's just incredible <laughs> and you know it's it's Blanche at her best as you were saying Rue McClanahan plays it so well in these situations because it's her meddling, right? It's her meddling mm-hmm. in somebody else's romantic relationship, which she fucking loves, even if it is disastrous <laughs> a lot of times. But also, it's really funny. Is this like the first time we ever see Blanche cooking anything? She like stirs the pots on the stove, even though they're having lasagna. But <laughs> so I don't know what's in the pots <laughs> on the stove. <laughs> they're having a lot of courses. Um, but I love it because that's a tissue of love comment, right? Like Blanche is in there and she's just like trying to make the. All right. All right. You go over here. Rose, put this over here. All right. Everything's like, you know set up and then it just fucking blows up and it's great. <laughs> um but it's also um it's great too because then you know you have the the dinner scene of course where everything just gets relaxed and then the next scene where we come in you you know Blanche is very like you know genuinely curious about his his life story and the order of which he became a priest and things like that so it's really nice to have I think the writers did that transition very well where you would then have like the, Oh, okay. It's all right. We, we all, it's all out in the open. Ha ha ha. It's funny. It's not a date, but this guy's actually a good friend and it's very genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> throughout the dinner, um, you know, it kind of continues where like Dorothy is, um, it's also kind of strange a little bit for this to be like their first date and have your friends there. But I think if that <laughs> was what was happening, you would have sort of the same attitude that Dorothy is, which is kind of like a sense of pride, you know, like when he's talking about yeah. all of the things that he's done before and, and Rose is like, what do you think you'll do next? You know, like Dorothy, it, it be Arthur is just so 
brilliant and and she's never um she's never not acting you know so I think it's like you can see her sort of beaming with like a little bit of pride and like you know isn't he impressive when he's he's speaking and I think that that's very true to life even after it's she and Frank have that conversation where like he sort of comes out as a priest um and then um when sitting on the opposite edges of the couch it's just so great (laughs) and then also when Sophia comes in later after the the corrupt bingo game it's it's also very similar to Jonathan Newman because it's like the same cadence of like the awkwardness is over and then Sophia just wants to like confront the resolution (laughs) (laughs) totally totally although i mean i will say i think blanche's greeting of frank is funnier than dr jonathan newman's greeting but i do think that dr jonathan newman's sophia scene is much better just because it flips it on the head of like what you think (laughs) she's gonna do and this one is kind of funny it's like you do think she's gonna sort of say something and then she says don't date a priest it's bad luck but then the next scene she's into like oh wait i forgot to tell her she was gonna burn in hell uh (laughs) so it's a little you know it's a little off offbeat there but yeah it's the exact same cadence she's out of the room she's not part of like the initial fray you know it's really it's really funny and and back to what you're saying too about like dorothy's pride it's actually it's the exact same thing too i just realized of when rose is sitting there and you know dr jonathan newman is like you know all in all i'm very happy with you know who i am and rose is like oh he gives me goosebumps when he talks (laughs) like that it's the same idea right it's like Yeah, you know, first date or not, like when you're excited about someone truly excited about a crush, you really do want your friends to weigh in so you can say, yeah, see, didn't I find a good one? You know, it's, uh, it's really interesting, you know, and maybe not right away in a lot of cases, but I that's certainly how I feel of like, oh, it's really exciting to be like, yeah. I got a good one, guys. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> like, I also bring them over. I just realized that I said you would never meet your friends on the first date, but actually, um, Michelle, the night that I met Michelle, <laughs> I had three people with me, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I I love the fact that this is only going to come a few minutes into that conversation, and Michelle will listen to this episode and be like, Fuck. "Yeah." Um, <laughs> so glad you acknowledged it. That's great. Um, but yeah, so so anyway, then then he so everything's fine you know it gets like it's it's totally gone whatever haha she thought it was a date and then at the end he drops this like super vague ambiguous line which cracks me up because you're like come on man you could have been a little bit more clear (laughs) for this woman you yeah this woman you knew uh you know for two weeks i'm sure she can't really pick up on everything that you're thinking (laughs) in your brain use your communication skills you're a teacher um you know about leaving the church and it's really funny because i don't know if like I guess, yeah, priests might talk like that. But yes, colloquially to the common folk, (laughs) the the non, you know, religious folks uh, who don't have jobs in the church, when you say leaving the church, that's basically, you know, excommunication. So it's just it's just funny because, you know, it sets up this other little farce, whereas like I'm like, ah, that's the weaker link of the, um, you know, the misunderstanding piece. But it's still very funny. Yeah. And the way he says it is very ominous. Like it's not, it doesn't feel like, Oh, like, you know, like I, Oh, by the way, like I'm thinking of taking a new job. It's like, you know, I'm thinking of leaving the church and like, yeah, like you're saying that is so it is. And I, I will say I have a great uncle who is a priest and they do talk very dramatically. And I also want to just like speak about this experience because I the opportunity. Um, he was around a lot. And the thing about priests is that when I was little, they would be like, okay, like come up, it's time for dinner. And it would be like a surprise mass. Like they would spring mass on you in the living room because there was a priest right there. Wait, what? Yes, I swear oh, to God, shit. my grandmother, it was her brother. And like, 
it's kind of similar to Angelo, I guess, but like, yeah, like anytime he was around, they'd be like, all right. I was like, I was told that it was time for dinner. I didn't know it was fucking like confession in the living room time. <laughs> it's my great uncle. I know. Oh, so anyway, I do feel like generally priests speak a little bit um, scholarly, I guess, for lack of a better term um, in their everyday lives. So I could see that, but I also feel like yeah like you have to know how that was received and he was the one who recognized the first misunderstanding of Dorothy not putting together so it's like you would probably try to be a little bit clearer in your communication going forward (laughs) it's so funny and another thing I noticed too just jumping ahead we obviously have to talk about the provision scene but um, (laughs) just jumping ahead is that he asks her to have dinner on Thursday night because he's because he wants to like talk over this big decision right um and then she visits him prior to thursday night because she couldn't wait that long and he's already been talking to the priest at his church being like i'm leaving Mm -hmm. it's like well wait what i thought you wanted to confer with dorothy were you just gonna tell her later like (laughs) he's like the timeline is like jumping around where he just like plunges into the decision making i really thought that she was going to be the confidant that he bounced off of but anyway (laughs) anyway it's really funny so it it just cracks me up because it's a very good cadence of this episode of like Oh, like, so excitement. Uh, no, it's not an opportunity. Oh, it might be an opportunity again. Oh, it's not. And it's actually a really good sort of roller coaster. So we're left, you know, at the end of the dinner scene. And then, of course, like, Dorothy is up and she can't sleep. And, you know, all the roommates come in. Um, and it's you know, <laughs> Dar- Dorothy's. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Sophia is like, you know, make the wrong decision. You'll burn in hell forever. Uh, I, sleep tight, I, I can't. Die. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think one of the cutest things that Rose has ever done is when she said, I'm going to head out to get provisions. You know, they think she's in bed asleep. And she comes in with the cheesecake and then rum raisin ice cream, which I don't, not really exactly my bag, but okay, guys. Um, but I just think it's adorable, right? It's like the the friends and the roommates rallying around you of saying like, Hey, I know that like you, you have stuff to spill, you know, and this is the way we do it. So I thought that was really adorable in the way she sort of like preempted that. Yeah. And that's very also, I think true to her character, you know, like, yeah, obviously they're going to be up talking and, you know, we have to hear about the Gerkleckner Bions and the Nylons and all of that. So like, let's just have stuff or food. But they were in show business. So they shortened it. Um, also, yeah, I love, uh, you know, Dorothy's like, no, I don't want to talk. And, and then she goes, all right, start cutting you scoop. And then Blanche goes, that's my girl. It was, <laughs> it was just like a very sweet moment. You know, it's like, it's plays off of the establishment of them, you know, being super tight and, and just like, this is, you know, that's my girl. We're going to do this. You know, we're going to talk it out. You're going to feel better. You're not just going to go to bed and stew all night, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And, and I think that, um, it, we, you know, there's so many of these scenes in the kitchen and like, it's just so essential to the show. And actually when I was um, like reading my notes for this episode, I realized this scene in the kitchen also has kind of like every quintessential sort of like golden girls thing. Like there's a St. Olaf story. There's like a Blanche, like, you know, crazy like account from, from her past. And um they all but we don't we don't get a Sicily story though. no we That's don't get a Sicily story but I guess you get like a cut of like father happy pants is like what I was thinking of <laughs> from Sophia you do um you do but it's it's great it's a, you know I, I think that this scene um fits really well with the rest of this episode where like it's just there's not a, a bad piece of it or there's not even like a um like a, a lazy piece of it you know like everybody is yes. constantly on and then and, and also like you know you again just like feel 
Dorothy's courage building up and, and like she just has to do it. You know, it's kind of like when she yeah. um, is going to get ice cream or commit a felony. Like she just has to go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you think part of the like always being on and not a lazy part of this episode is because there's one story? Like, is it, you know, is it because like some, I, I, cause sometimes the B stories end up being weak, but like since everybody's like all on the same team and same page here, I, you could like consider Sophia's a B story related to, it's like a, you know, oh, it's like a secondary though, yeah. A story just because like, she's kind of approaching it in a different manner, you know? Um, I don't know. Like I just, maybe it's just because it was such a robust, good idea that they couldn't even fit in a B story. It would, would have made it weaker if they had to take away from this. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that you're right. Sophia's story is kind of like adjacent because also like she wants her to, you know, stop, but she also has the line where she's like, Oh, I guess they sent you over to shut me up. Like she has like her own <laughs> little, she has the thing she's distracted with, like from the beginning of like, finding you're right. You're right. There's the bingo and, game. Yeah. yeah. But that's not a B story. I don't think, I think you're totally right. No. I think that, yeah. And I, I'm sure that has something to do with why um you know why at least for me like why i like this one so much yeah exactly it's like it's like a b intro and yeah. then it fades <laughs> away and goes into it but um you know speaking of that too uh as she so we have the sophia walking to the church and confessional booth sign first of all her hat is <laughs> yeah so great um but i <laughs> i guess i was in a really quiet moment when i was watching it as she walks into that church in that scene like one of the live audience members has a really gross, like guttural throat clear. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, audio engineers. Like we couldn't edit this out. Um, anyway, I just thought it was really funny because it just threw me like completely. Um, that's kind of like church I, though, I yeah. feel like. Uh, that's very true. Yeah. You're like, oh, everything's reverent. Here we go. Okay, some, some old gross old man. Um, I really, I love, love, love the, uh, you know, confessional scene. And it's like, it's funny because... <laughs> it's classic Sophia where she's just talking like she's just going to keep doing the thing no matter what is happening your silence is definitely um, <laughs> but you know she's going into like I kill to have an impure thought it's just like a running commentary of her brain but also we get an up close view and we don't get this that often of like her being a very Catholic woman right that it's like this is like she's obviously going to talk shop and talk business like very mafioso godfather like i'm gonna talk business in a church um <laughs> kind of scene but you also just like it's just kind of fun to imagine her like in the confessional booth in general right like that's exactly what she would be she'd be very funny she'd be like doing this writing commentary and she would lay all her cards out on the table right like oh kill to have an impure thought anyway but now i'm telling you your business like i <laughs> i feel it's just like it's perfect for the character she's trying to take care of her daughter in her own like wacky way yeah and jumping ahead a little bit it, her reaction when she comes out of the booth and dorothy and frank are hugging and she's like it's like you didn't hear a word i yeah, said, what I said. <laughs> so perfect and it just, she just never falls off of that um so <laughs> so the, the funny thing too is frank uh when dorothy goes to talk to him he he really this character this is the funny thing it's like character the frank character is great to me but he always like irritated me with his little like weird vocal fry moments at this scene <laughs> particularly he goes like she's like you know blanche saw it in your eyes and he goes my eye <laughs> wow that's pretty good thanks and then later when she's like you know saying like you can't leave the church for me he goes what <laughs> <laughs> like a 
really weird way and it's like well okay 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 take it easy man um but it is it is just like a really hilarious scene of like the reaction the misunderstanding that as we've discussed is very very warranted for phrasing you know perhaps that's what you can learn when you're a teaching priest frank is how to communicate a little bit better (laughs) but um but i love i love when he says it wasn't in your imagination. We appreciate each other. That's why you can help me, you know, see where I could do the most good. Because again, if, in going back to this unrequited love or like crush situation where you're like, will he, won't he, will she, won't she, <laughs> is she, is she there? Is she not? Um, it's always nice that it's like corroborated that there was something there, right? Like the, it's, even if it didn't turn out like the way that you were to imagine or that you would prefer, obviously, if the other party like confirms that there was some sort of connection even if it ends up being wholly platonic, that's really nice. It's just like a good, you're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he literally says it wasn't your imagination. I mean, that is really like, talk about like a, a far cry from like being ghosted or something when you get scared. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> like somewhere else. You're just being upfront about it. You know, I mean, I guess he is a priest. He sort of owes that to her. But I mean, it's just, it's just a nice situation where he's like, hey, you're not crazy. Like we did have good chemistry. Like that's a real thing. It's not what we actually, you know, thought it was, but, um, but that's okay. Yes. So I thought that's a really satisfying and very mature <laughs> closing. <laughs> yeah. Holy platonic. You get it? <laughs> Yeah, get it? Um, yeah, and I also think that, it, you know, personally, I think that this type of rejection would be a little bit easier to um, to deal with as, as a whole, like a, as a, yes. you know, completely reflecting on it because he can't. And, and you're right, like, this fits in with a lot of, um, a lot of other episodes and sort of like a running theme of the show, which is that romantic relationships are not the only ones that matter and that's not the only place that you can find value in yourself even the value in yourself as it relates to other people and so like this is a really really nice moment of that um I also yeah it's a different angle right it's a different angle because there's you know as opposed to the women in her household where it's like Dorothy is heterosexual like you know it's (laughs) (laughs) this is the potential of a romantic thing it's it's kind of like the men and women can't be friends nonsense right it's you know so it's really it's really nice to see this presented in this way yeah I'm not sure how that applies to priests but (laughs) well I mean it's a special situation (laughs) um (laughs) as long as they communicate clearly you can be I know somebody's got to get this guy into a workshop he like does not know how to (laughs) convey things um just a quick bit of business actually while we're talking about confessions um i would love to make a confession to our audience which is that um if you're able to rate and review us with you know of course five stars if you're not going to give us five stars get to seven um no it it really does it helps people find our podcast and i i think that you know we've been so um amazed really at the wonderful community of golden girls fans and and um you know people who who love the show so much so um if you're able to we would really appreciate a review and um rating so thank you now i I, i'm done with business (laughs) (laughs) well our confession is that we love you honestly and we've gotten so many lovely notes and it's just amazing to see so if you yeah if you do feel so compelled to uh say how you know if you are a regular listener of this podcast, or even if you just really like this episode, you know, um, that would be really helpful. The power of five stars, iTunes. Wow. Now I know that's definitely a copyright. (laughs) Got to, I got to go say a couple of no wins. Uh, (laughs) 
Um, anyway, all right, cool. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think that about wraps it up with a reverent priest um, who turned out to be very reverent. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's it for us uh, for this time. So next time we're going to discuss uh, having enough virility to date two sisters at the same time in your 80s. 